This is Ezekiel 37, verse 1. God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and sat me down in the middle of an open plain covered in bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Master God, only you know that. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones. Dry bones, listen to the message of God. God the master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you. You will come to life. I'll attach sinews to you. Put meat on your bones. Cover you with skin and breathe life into you. You'll come alive and you'll realize that I am God. So I prophesied as he commanded. In other words, I, I just said what God said. I just repeated what God said. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, oh, a rustling. The bones moved and came together, bone to bone. I kept watching, sinews formed, then muscles on the bones, and then skin stretched over them, but they had no breath in them. So he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, tell the breath. God, the master says, come from the four winds, come, breath, breathe on these slain bodies, breathe life. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them and they came alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army. I want to preach this for a couple of minutes today from the subject, what to do in a valley. What to do in a valley. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this moment. Um, I do thank you for your word, that your word has the ability to change us. Your word is spirit. Your word is life. And I remember what Peter said. As so many were walking away from you, Jesus said, Would, are you going to leave me too? And Peter said, where can we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. I thank you for the words of eternal life today that as I preach, there will be a phrase, a sentence, an idea, a word from heaven for every person's life and that we could all leave this place saying, I heard from God. I heard from God, I found hope today, I found life today, I found faith today. I have a word from heaven, and I'm going to make it. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen, amen, and amen. Uh, what to do in a valley. Uh, I guess I wish I could tell you right off the bat um, that if you just had enough faith, you could uh, live a valley-free life. That would be awesome. Like, pray this prayer, receive Jesus as Lord, uh, build your faith, read the Bible, and you'll never deal with anything. But that's just not true. There are no valley-free lives. Um, life comes with valleys. Uh, but I've learned to actually be grateful for the valley because I learned something, that there is no fruit on the mountaintop. Yeah, you ever looked at the Himalayas? You ever looked up there? I've never been, but I've seen the pictures. A lot of ice, a lot of wind, no fruit. <laughs> the fruit is in the valley. And, and what God wants to do through you, he first wants to do in you. And you really want this to happen because God forbid you get to a place that your character can't sustain, your life can't sustain, your heart and your soul can't sustain. So God says, let me take you through a valley. Let me take you, what, what is a valley? It's a place of stretching. It's a place that's a little uncomfortable. It's a place where God makes you bigger and better and stronger. And when you're in it, you're rebuking it. When you're in it, you're trying to cast the devil out of it. When you're in it, you're saying, I rebuke you, Satan. But then you get on the other side of it and you go, oh, that wasn't from hell, that was from heaven. 
And now I'm coming out of it like Jesus in Luke chapter 4 that says he walked out of the desert full of the power of the Holy Spirit. It was, it was in that moment that the Spirit of God did a great work in him so that the Spirit of God could do a great work through him. And so when I'm in an uncomfortable moment, a stretching moment, a new moment, a faith moment, I've learned not to rebuke it. I've learned to embrace it and say, boy, God must want to do something great with my life. Because right now, it's really uncomfortable. But I want to give you a few things that we can learn from the valley that Ezekiel went through that I believe can help you and sustain you in every season of your life. And and the first is this, know that God is with you in the valley. And I just want to remind somebody right off the bat, because I've been where you are right now, where you just feel all alone. And I I just want to tell you, God's with you in the valley. You are not alone. And I know you're in a, in a full room and you feel all alone, but you are not alone. And I want to remind you of what the scripture says, God grabbed me. I'm so grateful that when I let go of God, he doesn't let go of me. When I run from God, he runs after me. When I hide from God, he's the best hide and seek player ever. That even if I hide in darkness, Psalm 139, sorry, I'm yelling already, huh? We've known each other for one minute, and I'm like, I can, I can hear it. I'm like, Javen, come. Psalm 139 says that even if I go hide in darkness, darkness is like light to you, like the hand of the Lord is upon you. That's what the old King James says. I love how it says that it's really romantic. The hand of the Lord is upon me. And, and I want to tell you the hand of God is upon you. But I like the grid of the message translation that God grabbed me. And I've had seasons where I'm running from God. I'm mad at God. I'm trying to hide from God. I'm letting go of God. And God goes, no, we're going to do this. I love you too much to let you go. I'm going to sustain you through the valley. I'm going to talk to you in the valley. I'm with you in the valley. I just want you to know, you're not alone. You're like for real, you are not alone. God is with me in the valley. Give me a valley with Jesus over a mountaintop without him. God's with you in the valley. And I know it looks like a valley covered in bones. I know it looks like you're surrounded by death. I know you feel like you're living in a graveyard but God's with you in the valley. Don't let, don't let the valley lie to you and tell you you're alone. Don't, re, don't let resistance discourage you. <laughs> don't, don't let stretching seasons uh, take the faith out of you. Learn to embrace it. Learn to rejoice in it. Learn to, learn to feel the resistance and celebrate it. And some of you feel like that right now. Like you, you literally feel like, Hell has your number. It has your address. Like, like you are just, I mean, it feels like all of hell is against you. But, but maybe think of it this way. It's not that it's coming against you. It's actually that you're pressing up against the gates of hell. Like you're actually moving forward. You're actually taking ground. And hell is in the defensive doing everything it can to stop you. But I got good news. Matthew 16, Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And you is the church. <laughs> Sorry, my GED is showing. Your pastor's getting a doctorate. I got a GED. Help me, Lord. <laughs> you, you, you are the church. You is the church. You're, you're actually taking ground. The resistance is simply proof. 
that you're moving forward. You're not going to die in the valley. This is not the end for you. You're coming out, but you're coming out with everything God has for you. You're coming out with a huge army. You're coming out with everything that God assigned for you in it. You are not alone in the valley. And I believe you are the vessel of change in the valley to prophesy life and speak life in it. Number two, when you're in the valley, look for the possibility. Hey, Ezekiel, verse three. Hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Because we have this natural bent towards negativity. (laughs) Right? Am I the only one? Okay, y'all gonna leave me hanging? All right, all right. I have this natural bent towards negativity. And God says, hey, Ezekiel, can you see this how I see it? See, it takes no faith to say what you see. Verse one and two. I'm in a valley. It's covered in bones, lots of bones, dry bones, bones everywhere. No, no, no. Ezekiel, can these bones live? (laughs) Like, I know where your marriage is right now, but can it live? Like, I know where your kids are at right now, but can it? I know what's in your bank account, but can it live? Can you choose to level up? Can you choose to see this? I know you're in an uncomfortable situation. I know that, that, that you're feeling resistance, but can it, can it live again? Can there be resurrection life and resurrection? Can you, can you choose to see this? How I see this. Can you choose to see this from my vantage? I love how um, God said it in, in, in one of the translations. It actually says that God sat me down in it. Like, can, can you come see this from where I'm sitting? Can, can you choose to see this how I see it? Can, can you look for the possibility because your circumstances are obvious and they are loud and they are everywhere, but faith takes the voice of the Holy Spirit to see this thing differently, to look at it from God's point of view. And God says, can these bones live? God was not asking this because he didn't know the answer. <laughs> like nothing's ever occurred to God. He... He was raising Ezekiel's faith. Ezekiel, can you see this how I see this? Can can you stop asking the obvious questions? And can you start asking the questions that I would ask? Can you get a Holy Ghost imagination about your life? To see this different and to see this better? (laughs) Ezekiel saw bones, God saw possibility. Ezekiel saw very dry bones, God saw a big miracle. To Ezekiel, it was hopeless. To God, the conditions were perfect. And so though we have this natural bent towards negativity, God is saying, can you please raise your faith? Don't don't live in that place of the obvious and the natural and the circumstantial. Live in the place of faith where you're believing God. And even in the most negative situations, you go, oh my gosh, this is a setup. I know God's about to do something in my life. Hey, Life Point, can a miracle happen? Can we reach a region? Can that relationship be restored? Can your marriage get better? Can... Can, I know what the doctor said, but can your body be healed? I, 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 know, I know what the teacher said, but, but can your child get a breakthrough? Can, like, I, I'm just telling you, God is asking you to raise your level of faith. Stop just staring at the problem. Stop running from the fight. 
Stop being afraid of the confrontation and the issue. Look for the possibility. Choose to see the hand of God moving. You might have a hundred things going wrong, but, but can you find one thing to just smile about, clap about, shout about, sing about? Like, can you just think of one thing that like, man, I, well, at least I made it. Like, probably shouldn't be here, but here I am in the house of God. Like, a lot of people didn't make it this morning. Thank God I made it. Like, think of something. Choose to see the good and choose to celebrate the good. That's where faith starts. Hmm. Number three, take a step into the unknown. Take a step into the unknown. I, I, love, I love what God says. So God says, can these bones live? And Ezekiel, he goes, uh, Lord, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was a really spiritual way of saying, I don't know. <laughs> You tell me. <laughs> I thought, I think, maybe, I don't know. You, you know. God, why are you asking me? <laughs> I love this. I love that Ezekiel did not respond like some, you know, eloquent southern preacher. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm standing on the word of God. You're not a man that you should lie. Glory to God. These things can live. Nothing's impossible. With I love that he didn't say any of that. He was like, yeah. <laughs> Listen. God will take a yes with a question mark. Now, I love yeses with an exclamation, but he don't need it. And there's some things God could ask me about, and I'm like, yes. And there's other things I'm like, yeah. Like, real faith is a squeak. Right? There's something, you know, right today, God could say, well, you know, can this happen? You're like, yeah, absolutely. Praise the Lord. And he'll be like, how about your marriage? You're like, ah, do you know her? You know, the woman you gave to me? <laughs> Too close to home? Okay, let me move on. <sighs> yeah, maybe, I think. Did God call you to start that business? Sometimes I think so. <laughs> Jamin, did God call you to plant that church in Vegas? Every Sunday's a little different. <laughs> Praise the Lord, too real. Okay, I bet. Did God call you to go to Life Point College? Yeah, like on the first day for sure, for sure. He <laughs> told me to go. But God will take, and I think God will take a maybe, God will take a God will take a squeak. God will take a, ah, yeah. Huh. It's so true. This, this is so, and I'm not making light of the voice of God. But listen, no matter how clear it is in the moment, like the angel of the Lord could show up in your room tonight and talk to you. And your flesh is still going to be there on Monday. Like, so was that the pizza or... Little, little tip for you as you walk in faith, your flesh, your earth suit, your, it hates faith. It resists, your intellect hates risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your soul realm hates taking a step of faith. But you've got this spirit man on the inside of you that loves faith, loves adventure, loves risk. And you've got to learn how to starve 
that flesh side of you and build and feed that faith side of you. Because what will happen is over time, it's easier and easier and easier to step out in faith. Not because it gets clearer, but because you understand the nature of God more and you, under, you actually begin to enjoy the risk. <laughs> um, like, I like living with a pit in my stomach. A lot of you call that pit in your stomach the lack of peace. Especially if you're a charismatic like me, right? We grew up like, I just don't have a piece about it. And we rub our stomachs, right? Any Pentecostals in here? You just, you go, as soon as you start talking about peace, your hand is just attracted to your, I see my Pentecostals in there. Mac was singing, you were like, this is how I find my, it's just where we go. It's our spot where the Holy Spirit lives. I don't know. It's what we do. Out of our belly. That's what we do. So I just don't have a peace about it. Peace is not a feeling in your stomach. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And he will, he will tell you to walk on wind and waves. Like, he leads you into some crazy moments. <laughs> you know what? That, that, was a, that was a laugh of like, I'm there right now. <laughs> I got you, girl, preaching to you. Y'all ever? (laughs) I like it. You know, like we used to live in Newport Beach, California. Like Newport, if you don't know about Newport, Newport's like Eden before the fall. It's heaven. Okay. It's so good. Kobe would live in Newport and then take a chopper to LA to play because it's that good. Like Newport's that good. And so, you know, we used to wake up to an alarm clock. You know, the ocean breeze would hit the room and the alarm would go up. Ah, another great day in the OC. Now that I've planted a church, I don't need an alarm clock anymore. I wake up like this. Yeah. <laughs> With sweat coming down everywhere. Every morning, there's a yeah. Oh, it's Sunday. Ah. My wife will go, what's wrong? Nothing, just... Got to pay bills, got staff to pay, got, <laughs> got a mortgage. <laughs> we'll wake up some mornings and channel and go, man, you were screaming last night in my sleep. <laughs> oh, that was a sad, I got a sad one. Oh, <laughs> she'll go, what's up? No, just thinking about the new series. <laughs> got to write eight new sermons. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, he got, I got one from Pastor. That's what Y'all hear that? Listen, I love it. You know what that pit does? It puts me on my face. It keeps me in the Word. It keeps me on my knees. It keeps me humble. It keeps me praying. It keeps me asking. It keeps me seeking. It keeps me longing. It keeps me in God's house. Your calling is not found in the comfort zone. It is found stepping out on the water, going, God, I think it's you. If it's you, bid me come. Here I go. Maybe. I'm not telling you to be irresponsible. I'm just telling you that faith takes risk. As Dr. King said, faith is taking that step even when you don't see the whole staircase. It's taking a risk, it's taking a step, it's trying, it's 
Like for some of you, you're, you know, you're a single adult in here, and I want to emphasize single and adult, but you're a single adult in here. Like, dude, homie, like go ask, just go ask her out. You're not proposing. And don't walk up and be like, you know, during these 21 days of prayer, the Lord spoke to me. Don't do that. Time out. We're not proposing. We're not, okay. You're just going, hey, you want to go eat some chicken? I, that's all it is. Well, Jabin, I went on her Instagram. I like photos from 80 weeks ago. No, 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 no. Just, yeah, just, just walk up. So I'd like to take you on a date. Jabin, what if she says no? There's other women in this building. Amen. We're not proposing. Eating chicken. And ladies, ladies, why are y'all so picky? Some of y'all 80 years old, like, I'm waiting on my Boaz. <laughs> Honey, Boaz is dead. He gone. Just go. Because you, know you know what might happen? You might be at dinner and you might go, wow, this guy loves Jesus. He loves his mama. He paid for my meal. I can buy him new clothes. I can get him a haircut. I'm going to get him some Invisalign. We're going to do this. Take a step. Take a risk. I love, I love this. I love this in, in 1 Samuel 14, 6. Uh, Jonathan goes to his friend and he's like, hey, there's an enemy over there. Let's go pick a fight. It's in your Bible. And his friend, and his friend goes, and, it, and, and then Jonathan goes, maybe the Lord will give us the victory. Maybe. And Jonathan's friend is like, let's go. Good enough for me. On a maybe. You have to get comfortable with maybes. You have to get comfortable with, I'm pretty sure I heard God. I think I have a word. It's pretty clear. Maybe. When I told my pastor in May of 2016, now just over three years ago, when we had our initial conversation about Vegas, I said, pastor, this literally my words, I said, I think I heard from God. We're supposed to go back to Vegas and plant a church. And my pastor, Jensen Franklin, said, so you think you got a word? And I said, I think I got a word. And he looked at me, he said, son, he's in the pastor's seat, I was driving, he said, son, that's about all you're going to get. Go. And on a, I think, on a maybe. Like, what if pastor didn't have to come and say, you know, the Lord showed up physically in my room and told me we need another campus. What if he just said, you know what, guys, there's millions of people in this region. Maybe we need a campus in every high school. Like maybe, maybe, we, need, maybe we need 20 campuses, not, not six or seven. Maybe, maybe we should reach more. Maybe it's the will of God for more people to come to Christ. Maybe our region needs more churches like us. Let's go. And on a maybe, you go, I'll serve, I'll help, I'll sow. I'll do it. 
You're actually, if to, to, to really walk by faith, you're going to have to learn how to move on a maybe. <laughs> you actually have to get comfortable in the maybe. You actually have to get comfortable with the, I am, I am pretty convinced that I've heard from the Lord. My flesh is fighting it, but I'm going to move. Start the business. Go back to college. Forgive that person. Go to counseling. Yeah, go to marriage counseling. I tried marriage counseling once. You don't try marriage counseling. You go. Hello, married people. Like, you don't go to the gym once. I tried the gym once. You don't try. Okay. I've tried the gym once. I never went back. I didn't like it. I didn't like the smell. I didn't like people judging me. I didn't like how that assault bike assaulted me. I left. I was out. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I tried it. So I bought Spanx. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody know about, okay, I should, I'm, man, I'm getting too real with y'all. We just met. Tell me about my Spanx. All the ladies are laughing. All the guys are like, what did he just say? You don't, you don't try counseling. You go to counseling. You take the risk and you go, you know what? We've tried everything else. We're we going to go. And we're going to make this work. You take the risk. You take the step. You believe God. You move on a maybe. You take a step into the unknown. You give God a yes, even, it's with, even if it's with a question mark. And God honors a Lord you know. And then God said, okay. Well, I do know. So say this. Number four. Prophesy to your situation. Speak to your situation. Now, I grew up in Pentecost. And in Pentecost... We, we literally had a microphone up here. And the church mothers could come up. And they usually had gray hair, blue hair, pink hair. And they could come up and they could grab the mic. And thus saith the Lord. And it was awesome. And it was in King James. And it was fire. But that was prophecy for me. Okay, let me just get... And, and so that's very intimidating. Let me just give you prophecy 101. Let me give you prophecy, New Testament Bible prophecy for every person in this room. You find a promise from God's word. And you say it, and you declare it, and you speak it till you believe it. You speak it till it's in your spirit. You speak it until you're standing on it. You speak it until it becomes second nature to say it. And you, 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 you look at the problem that you're facing. You find a promise that you're believing, and you prophesy. God said, say this to the bones. And in the same way, you're going to have to get a promise for your children, a promise for your marriage, a promise for your business, a promise for your year, a promise for your future. And you stand on it. You believe God and you speak God's word. You, you live out Joshua 1.8 that says you don't let the word leave your mouth. But you meditate on it. Literally means you chew on it. You say it. You speak it. You mutter it under your breath. It just becomes a part of your spiritual life. You, you become your own prophet because instead of needing someone to give you a word, you, you get a word. 
you say the word, you believe the word, and here's what will happen for you. If, if you. if you take this seriously, here's what will happen. Because we're in tunement with the Spirit of God, you will come into church, and Pastor Daniel's word will actually become a giant amen to what the Lord has already been saying to you. It's amazing how it works. And you'll actually say, oh my gosh, I've been saying that. I've been reading that. I've been believing that. And you prophesy to it. Listen, you don't talk about your situation. You talk to it. <laughs> like how many times can you Facebook about the same thing? Well, dot, 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 dot. How many times can you post about it on Instagram? I'm not saying you can't ask for help. What I am saying, though, is that eventually man does not live by bread alone. Man does not live by social media alone. Man does not live. Eventually, you have to get a word that proceeds from the mouth of God for your situation. And, and you have to declare it over your family, sir. You have to declare it over your children. You have to take that place as the head of the house and you believe God and you speak God's word. And it's a little uncomfortable when you first start. But I love what Ezekiel said. He said, I said what he commanded. In other words, this is very serious. And when I speak God's word, something begins to happen. You, you get a promise from God and you believe it and you live it and you say it until you see it. Like, like my parents, they have five, there's five of us kids and we all went crazy. We all ran away from God. We all did things that we regret and, and hate that we did. But my parents stood on Acts 16, 31 that says, you and your whole household shall be saved. And they stood on it and they stood on it. And I can, I can literally remember nights where I'd open my eyes and think that uh, it was raining and there was a uh, leak in the roof because I was feeling liquid hitting my head. And then I would open my eyes and there's my little mama, five foot nothing, with anointing oil. <laughs> Devil, take your hands off my child in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. He's going to serve God all the days of his life. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Me and my whole household shall be saved. He will fulfill the purposes of God in his generation. And I'd wake up and go, Mom, get out of here. Ah! And she'd go running out with oil. In the name of Jesus, I go. Can I tell you, all five of us today love Jesus. All five of us today love our parents. All five of us today are in God's house. All five of us. I'm just saying, something in my parents had to shift where they said, okay, we're done talking about it. We're going to start talking to it. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4.13 says, I believed, therefore I spoke. That's faith. Faith is believing. Faith is speaking. So what happens? The Bible says the bones came together. And the muscle came together. There was structure because let me tell you what the word will do. First thing the word will do is it'll give you structure. It'll bring your life back together. It'll, but there was still no life in the bones. So God says, lastly, number four, speak, or excuse me, number five, speak to the wind. Prophesy, verse 10, prophesy to the wind. If I could just say it like this, invite the Holy Spirit into your life, into your business, into your marriage. God will not give you a life where he is unnecessary. 
the Christian life is impossible without what the Apostle Paul calls the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Like, we can't do this without Him. We're not supposed to do this without Him. The call of God is God sustained. You can't do this without Him. God doesn't want you. He wants, he wants to bring you back to Genesis walking with him in the cool of the day this is possible even in 2019 where you have fellowship with the holy spirit the holy spirit is releasing creativity he's he's releasing god ideas he's releasing strength it's it's romans 8 that says the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead is now quickening our mortal bodies he's releasing resurrection power like when we sing songs like mac has written he's resurrecting me like that's not a cute statement it's an actual real reality for the believer that the spirit of god is rising up on the inside he's giving me energy creativity ideas God says, Ezekiel, invite the Holy Spirit in to do what you cannot do. Well, brother, God will never give you more than you can handle. I don't know where you read that. <laughs> if you can do it without him, your life is way too small. He actually gives you more than you can handle so you have to go, Holy Spirit, help. <laughs> I cast my cares upon you because you care for me. Can you help me burden this? And he goes, oh, this is the life. This is the God life. This is the faith life. It's actually too big for your shoulders, but it's perfectly designed for his shoulders. Invite the Holy Spirit. You might be in a valley right now. You're coming out. You might be in a valley right now. God's doing a work in you. You might be in a valley right now. Keep speaking God's word. You might be in a valley right now. Invite the Holy Spirit in. And you will come out of this pure gold with everything you need for your next season.